Hey, Moto America fans, this is Paul Carruthers. I'm the communications manager for Moto America, and this is our weekly podcast off track with Carruthers and Vice. I'm Carruthers, and we've also got Vice on the line. And today we have a special guest calling from a coffee shop in Houston, Texas, uh, Garrett Gerlach. Yes, sir. We'll check in with Garrett here in a second. Sean, how's it going back there in Ohio? Oh, man, I am so ready to kick 2020's ass and just say, get the hell out of here and let's go on to 2021, right? It's going to, cannot wait for the new year. Yeah, I think, um, I think everybody's excited. I just hope they're not overly excited because I don't think it's, be gonna, insane. it's not, not going to strike midnight and then suddenly the world's a better place, you know? So it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a little while, but it obviously gives everybody, you know, every time there's New Year's, it gives you new hope and, and hoping for better things in, in, the, coming, in the coming year and, I mean, put it this way, it couldn't get much worse. So I think we've only got better in store for us. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's going to get there. I mean, we've got a full schedule like we announced recently. And, and uh, that was great to have that news out. And uh, now hopefully we can stick to it and get it. You know, we've heard the uh, early ticket sales have been really strong. So um, it's great that the fans are recognizing that we've got a season coming up and wanting to, you know, get, get their tickets to get out and and see uh, our great riders in our series. So yeah, and we're even going back to Brainerd, Minnesota. Unbelievable. I mean, it with with uh, you know we there's some of the people I've talked before about the fact that I I get texts a lot from Steve Shibe who lives in Michigan, but he's kind of that part of the country, and he's they I think he tests or he he knows Brainerd pretty well. He was super excited about that and you know he was real excited about the photo that Brian Jay got to you Paul that you used in the story with um uh Miguel leading <laughs> leading the race in the VR 1000 which he almost won that race but uh I guess he uh thought he had a bigger lead or less of a lead than he than he had and he overcooked the turn and went off the track towards the end. You probably remember that race, but God, he almost won that on that Harley, which is funny at that track. Yeah, it's, it's Brainerd. I have a lot of good memories from there. It was always kind of fun to go there. It's kind of a resort honeymoon type town. And, you know, it, there's obviously lakes because there's lakes everywhere there. And that's, it's a popular place, I think, for honeymoons and weddings and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah. I always liked the track. I mean, it was a bit sketchy then, but obviously with the changes, um, it's going to be safe for our guys. So it'll be, it'll be not, it's always fun to go somewhere new. I wanted to ask you ironically. So um, before, I think it's before AMA, the AMA series ever raced there, you know, I think, well, they had what three world Superbike events, which is interesting that we have Garrett on this, this podcast. Did you, were you there when they had the world Superbike races there? Yeah, I think I went to one of them. God yep. damn, I'm so old. Yeah, and that's not when Raymond Roach broke the fingers of his feet. That was it. <laughs> no, that was that was that was a quote I got from him. That was in Europe, but I think that was on a five hundred. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, because he raced both. Yeah. But yeah, well, let, let's bring Gerloff in. I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk briefly about him, but I mean, it's kind of ridiculous because everybody knows. But um, he obviously had his rookie season in World Superbike this year, and he finished eleventh in the championship. He had three podiums, including a second place in Portugal and had a really i mean things started off for him as we thought they would because it's just not easy um so he started off slowly but i think he he took his time he didn't do anything stupid and he just progressed as the season went on and obviously ended the season the way that uh you know again it's like nobody remembers anything but your last race or your last couple of races so he did it perfectly because 
now he goes into next year probably as one of the favorites to, uh, if not challenge for the cha world championship, at least win races and, and be a consistent podium finisher. So he, he did everything that we would have hoped he would do. Um, he represented Moto America really well. Uh, he always speaks highly of Moto America. When I read his interviews, he mentions Moto America, which, which is awesome because it, it helps us a lot to get some international recognition. And, yes. and between him and Cameron now going to Moto2 and we have Joe in Moto2, it's like Wayne Rainey's plan is actually like starting to work and, and bear fruit. So it's, it's going to be fun to watch. It's, we'll, we'll have some early mornings getting up and, and watching all these races, but it's going to be cool to have to have people we cheered for. I know it, it gave me some renewed interest in World Superbike with Garrett there because, you know, we followed everything that he did. So I'm excited for next year, as I'm sure he is. So, uh, Garrett, I'm, we're sorry we interrupted your bicycle ride, but I see you're drinking coffee, so everything's good. Every, life is great right now. No worries. I mean, it's, it's looking like it's going to downpour on the way back, but besides that, everything's going great. <laughs> Don't blame us for that. Okay, you've got to be living your best life right now, right? Uh, I mean, I'm doing the best I can to, so uh, it just it's so nice to be home and see friends and family and, and uh, just to have all of my stuff, you know, like I have, I have my dirt bikes here, I got my bicycles, I got, you know, my vehicle and everything and it's uh, definitely life is easier for me here than it is uh, in Europe at the moment, so I'm trying to fix that, but, but uh, yeah, anyway, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been nice being home, real nice. Garrett, are you going to bring some more stuff over? I mean, are you going to try to bring, you know, big stuff? I don't even know how you, how you do that. Can you transport anything? No, I think the best way to do it is just to, just to buy stuff over there and then sell it whenever you're done. Oh, uh, yeah. So yeah. That's what I've been trying to work on slowly. Um, but I'm finally uh, a resident of Andorra, which is like a country in between uh, Spain and France over there. So that's pretty, Great. pretty exciting. So, uh, so I'll, I now have the opportunity to actually acquire some stuff. So I'm going to try to work on that whenever I get back over there. Hey, Sean. Yeah. That's when you know you're rich. It's when you start moving to places like Andorra. Yeah, I was going to say that sounds exotic <laughs> just to hear the name. Yeah. Uh, I wish. <laughs> um, I wish. It was uh, just what I had to do to, to uh, you know, be able to stay over there. And especially with all the, the virus stuff, it's, it's not – easy to to move back and forth you know so uh yeah it was just what i had to do it's uh to be able to stay there there's also a cool little community of of other racers there right i mean when i when i look at instagram i can't tell you off the top of my head who they are but i mean there's guys like bradley smith for example there's a bunch of guys that seem to be there and and it, it give you a lot of friends and people to train with yeah there's a ton i there's more than 40 riders that live there from moto 3 moto 2 moto gp and world superbike so it's crazy. It's, it's packed, uh, which is really nice because there's a bunch of riders close and we can do stuff. And, and uh, I've already been doing that a little bit because I was there before I came back to Texas. So I was trying to kind of, you know, figure like uh, situate myself a little bit and figure out how things work. But the only negative about being up there is that it's uh, it's really freaking cold and, and uh, I'm not a cold guy. So but besides oh, it's that, cold. it's cold in Andorra. I didn't know that. Yeah, I it's up in the mountains. Oh, is there snow? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No <laughs> it's kidding. like a ski resort country. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's supposed to be nice. I haven't been there. Did you get a, did you get a second bedroom for Cameron? I do have a second <laughs> bedroom. He can, he can stop by. Joe can stop by. You know, anybody can uh, – besides you, Paul, anybody can stop by and, and come hang out. 
Hey, my plan is to get over there. If we can get this uh, this virus thing sorted out, my plan is to try to come over there for a race or two and try to tie two of them together, you know, like MotoGP and World Superbike somehow. Man, you're going to have to find uh, a contact to get you some tickets if you come. Yeah, I know. I I'm trying to think. There's got to be somebody there I know. I just can't somebody. think of who. That's right. Oh, man. I, I know you got contacts. Yeah, I got some. I still got some left. Just a few. Garrett, I want to give a shout out to the person that's sitting at the table with you, Caleb DeCarroll. You know, you talk about your place in Spain, and I, I think Paul's probably seen the video too, but Caleb did a nice job when he went over there and gave us some insight into where you're living. It's funny, that place, if, if you're still in the same place, and I assume you are, the view is unbelievable, but the place kind of felt to me like almost like a college dormitory a little bit. Did, did you get that impression too, initially? Wait, it was my apartment? Yeah, it felt, it felt like it, it was kind of, you know, just the way it's set up. Cause like you had a balcony and you looked out, it, it just felt like, and you're saying there's like 40 riders in that area. Dang, Sean, do a, lot of them live, do a lot of them live in places like your place? Man, I mean, I don't know, honestly, but I kind of, I'm getting a little sad right now. Talking down <laughs> to me like that. A college dormitory is not a bad thing, dude. I, I, I doesn't sound good in my head. Hey, Garrett, oh, no. listen, I think he, Garrett, I think he saw the keg. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what are you doing? Quit telling people about that. Well, well I, to no be chance. honest with you, it, it was early days, I think, when Caleb was over there, and he didn't have a lot of stuff in the in place at the time, and you had mentioned that you don't have a lot of your stuff over there, so I think that's maybe what I was getting at is for the, for a little while, it was fairly stark in there, and is it still that way, or have you started to get like some more furniture and stuff than you did when we when Now he's backtracking. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't, you know, furniture costs too much money, so I just prefer just, uh, you know, you just, I just have my bed up there, and that's about it, so no worries. <laughs> that's more money for tires and bikes. There you go. So here's something I've been dying to ask you. The fact that you, uh, you know, have lived for a long time in Texas, are, are a Texan, and you, you like, you speak pretty fluent Spanish, and you like Mexican food, um, which I know is different than Spanish food, but I want to ask you, it's probably a strange land for you, but maybe not quite as much. You're able to speak to people a little bit, I would assume. Um, is, it, is it a pretty big departure for you to be over there? Um, and, are, you know, obviously comfort's important to you doing well. So is it feeling more comfortable for you now? Yeah, definitely. No, I, I have a lot of, uh, like a lot of friends over there. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of other races that live close too, you know, so it's, it's hasn't been that difficult. And, and yeah, me speaking Spanish has, has really been a big help when I'm in a situation where uh, nobody speaks English, uh, which happens a decent amount. So, so that's all been, that's all been super, super nice, but it doesn't feel that, doesn't feel that foreign to me at all. Like the, the first time I went over there last year in November, it was, it felt weird, but it, I didn't have anything either. Like I didn't have an apartment. I didn't have, nothing like that so I was just in a hotel and it definitely felt foreign but then once I started kind of getting things sorted out it just feels like another place you know uh yeah. it doesn't, doesn't feel like home but it just feels like another place you know so right. uh it hasn't been that bad and I've, I've really enjoyed it just to get a just to see a different part of the world and be involved in a different culture and it's been uh it's been really cool do we want to talk about motorcycles or not well I was hoping so <laughs> a little bit, but we got yeah, we got to get our bearings on where he is. So now, now he wants to talk about it since he's a star. That's right. 
Hey, so I got a couple of questions for you about motorcycle racing. All right, shoot. Think, looking back at your first year in World Superbike, was it harder than you thought, easier than you thought, or about what you thought it would be like? I mean, it was, I would say, I, I don't know, in the beginning, it was way harder than I thought it would be. And then, but toward the end, when things were just happening easier than I thought they would. So it was kind of like a, a weird extreme, one, one to the other. And so uh, it was just trying to, it was just trying to ad adapt to everything. And, and also like, I, it's not that I had bad habits in Moto America, but I just, I just, you have to ride a different way over there uh, with the tracks, with the tires and with, and with the, the way the bikes work. And so it was definitely for a second, it, it took, took a while to just, uh, to just, yeah, adapt to, to how I had to ride. And, and, you know, it's when it's, you're not really comfortable when you're learning and that doesn't help either. Uh, but just one of those things, you just have to work through it uh, and get to a place to where I um, just keep focusing on making small progress, you know, find, find uh, something to measure yourself off of, you know, whether it's uh, another rider or, or something and just try to make progress towards, you know, where you want to be. And, and that's just what I, what I had to do. And, and, uh, I was for sure disappointed in the beginning when I when results weren't happening as as quickly as I wanted them to. But then then it started to come together at the end. But it was kind of the same way when you started at Moto America and Superbike. It probably didn't come as as quickly as you thought it would then. But once it starts, it gets easier, like you said, and you just go on a roll. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe it's just yeah, I guess I guess it's just me. <laughs> but, maybe uh, maybe you're just a really slow learner, Garrett. You might want to try something else. <laughs> yeah, I might want to try something else. I mean, it's uh. It, I guess it is one of those things though, that once you, once I kind of get it down, it, I have the muscle memory kind of thing. Right. Um, but I mean, it, it's, uh, I, I just don't give up and I know I want to do this and I, I just want to see, you know, how far I can go with, with racing. And, and so I, I definitely motivates, motivates, motivates me a ton. And when I'm not doing well, it, I'm even more motivated to figure it out, you know, to get out of that place, out of that rut. So that's just, uh, that was just uh, another step, <laughs> but I'm glad I, glad I got it done. Is there one thing that you learned this year, like that you'd classify like, okay, that was like the most important thing I learned from the whole season? Yeah, the, mo the most important thing I learned was just how hard you can brake uh, over there with the, with the Pirelli front tire, uh, especially. Um, I remember the first, the first few tests, I was getting blown by in, in the, the braking areas um, just because it's just a different the front just has more grip to me than, than it, than I had in Moto America for whatever reason. And, uh, and those guys break so late. And so that was something that I really had to kind of adjust to. And that, that took a, a decent amount of time. Um, but then once, once I kind of figured it out, it just, just came way more easy, but that, that's definitely something they do really well over there. And so I had to, uh, to really adapt to that. And that, and that was really kind of difficult because, you know, it's to go another 50 meters, later on the brakes it, it's significant so <laughs> it takes some time to get your brain wrapped around it you know garrett that sounds to me like that's that harkens back a little bit to your earlier days of riding when you were riding two strokes without engine braking and you had to go deeper deeper in the corners did it feel did it remind you of that i mean it's that was a few years ago but did does that make sense that connection i uh, i mean no, I just I was just looking at it like, man, these guys are going way deeper than me, and I gotta I gotta figure out how to do that also. 
I mean, it was obvious in the data and stuff, but it didn't really remind me of two strokes and stuff because because those they don't have a lot of engine braking. You kind of maybe have to brake a little bit earlier in the first place. So it was kind of the exact opposite of that. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was thinking. No, what about corner speed? Do you care? Are you carrying more corner speed in World Superbike than you did with us? Um, I would say I'm. I am kind of guilty of still trying to carry more corner speed when those guys aren't. Or I, I, I'm still not riding exactly how I need to ride because they're able to to carry a lot of corner speed and they they open the throttle later than me. Um, but then they have a, a better exit. I think I just touched the throttle too early and spin, uh, which has been obvious a couple times this year in the races. Um, and that's something I need to work on is just being a little bit more patient, opening the opening the throttle. Uh, so that's probably the, the number one thing I'm going to have to keep working on. How good is, I mean, you've obviously ridden with him and raced with him. Johnny Ray's pretty damn good, right? Oh yeah, for sure. They're all, they're all world-class guys over there. I mean, even, in the beginning of the year, when I was back in uh, in, in the in the back a little bit, I, those guys are world class uh, racers. And then once I started moving toward the front, those guys are world class, and it's uh, it's definitely a deep field. It, I, it seems to me like one of the deepest fields that that there's been in a while. Yeah, I agree. So not easy. Hey Garrett, have you gotten to have you talked to your new teammate Cody Nozani much, or do, do you know you know what do you think of him so far? Yeah, no, he seems like a really nice guy. His English is definitely not, not super great, so we haven't really been able to uh, to talk because he doesn't really understand me. So, he, but he had a translator there, and I was kind of speaking to him through the translator. Um, but uh, he seems like a nice guy, and it's funny when I when I hear them talking and stuff. Uh, they're really uh, they exaggerate a lot with with how they talk. I think it's just just it's cool, you know, it's different. But uh, when they say yes, they're like, hi. Hey, Hey, you know, and so I'll hear him talking to his translator across the garage. And uh, when, when the lady, I assume, is asking, like, hey, is it doing this and this? And he's just like, hey, but I hear it all the way over from, from my side of the garage. And it's, uh, yeah, it makes me, it makes me smile. So, uh, no, he seems like a, seems like a good guy. And, he, and he, he's got a cool style. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to racing with him. Yeah, he does look good on the bike. Okay, so um, what happened to the old teammate? Where does that poor kid go? Federico? Yeah, it's, it's just, uh, you know, it's, just, it's a strange deal, but it's just, you know, it's just business at the end of the day. I mean, um, I think in the beginning, it was, it was a pretty, it was a, a toss-up between which one of us would go. Um, and then toward the end of the season, when I was able to get better results, um, it kind of swung in, in my favor to, to stay around. But yeah, for for a while it seemed like it could have been either one of us that ended up leaving. But uh, it's just you know uh, I think it just one of those things where uh, I, uh, Koda needed a, a ride because he had a two year contract in uh, Japan or something. I, I'm not sure exactly how things worked out or, or why, but um, but I have a new teammate this year and I definitely you know feel for Federico because I, I think he was uh, was riding really well also and and uh, I was hoping to see him on a on another team in the World Superbike paddock. Uh, but he's, uh, I think he did finally sign with uh, a World Supersport team. So it'll, it'll be nice if he's, he's still there and stuff. But I definitely think he deserved more than this crazy year to figure things out. Okay, so this is the second time you were sort of put in that position because back in the Supersport days here, it was, it was obvious that you and JD were racing for that Superbike ride. And then here you find yourself back in a similar situation. You're probably kind of looking forward to just 
settling in now with a ride that you've established and you've kept and not have to worry about that crap anymore? Oh no, it's a, it's a yearly thing. It's, it's nothing, it never goes away, but that's just how the, that's how the job is. You know, it's uh, based on, on your performances. So uh, there's no, no time to relax and no time to get comfy. I mean, I, I just want to do the best that I can and I, I want to earn that, earn whatever spot I have every year. You know, I don't want to rest on my laurels because that's, that's when you, that's when you get uh, kicked out real quick. You know, let's, let's explore that a little bit more too, because this, this year, with everything that transpired, you know, you think, oh man, it's just, it's Garrett's first year there. You know, he's got to figure some things out. But at the same time, you you really had to step up and prove yourself. While it was going on, did you realize sort of the gravity of the situation or what you had to do at each step along the way in order to get where you are? Or did you look back at it afterwards and go, man, I'm glad I did what I did because it, here, here I am and I wouldn't have been if it hadn't been that way. Well, how, how did you approach that whole thing? Did you realize the challenge was there, I guess, is what I, I want to know. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I knew that it could have been my last year racing, realistically. You know, it, 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 that was one of the the options. You know, is that hey, if things don't go well, like you know, I might be might be done potentially. Um, but it's just one of those things you gotta you gotta recognize and then and then you know think about it and decide if it's something you really want to try to try to do or not. Um, and for me, it's that's always been my my goal is just to push myself and just to see. All right, you know what? Where, where could I end up? Because I I never imagined myself ending up in in the superbike ride in America. You know, I, I you know I. I've, I've never really seen myself as, as uh, I have and haven't seen, seen myself as the guy, quote unquote. So it's, it's, uh, it's just crazy to, to see how things have like, uh, have, have gone. And, uh, and, and I would have, I would have, I would not have regretted it either way, even if things didn't work out this year and I was stuck uh, without a, without an opportunity to, to continue. I wouldn't have regretted it because I've, I've learned so much this year, just, about so many things in general, about, about me, about just, just life, uh, about my career and racing. And, and it's been uh, just a really, really good eye-opening experience. And, and so even if things didn't work out, I still would have, uh, it still would have been, you know, okay. And, uh, and so, no, I mean, for sure, I knew there was uh, a challenge there. And after the first test, I, yeah, I realized it was a really big challenge, but that's not, that's what makes life interesting. You know, if, uh, if you just, if you never, if you never push, if you're never uncomfortable, then, then you just never grow, you know? And, uh, and so that's, that's one thing I've learned over the years. And, and, uh, it's nice, it's nice just to put yourself out there, just to put yourself just right there on that ledge and just find out if you're gonna, <laughs> if you're gonna, you know, fly or not. So, uh, so yeah, that, that's kind of what motivates me to keep going. Okay. Let's, let's fast forward a little bit more to the end of the season and getting the opportunity to ride Valentino Rossi's M1. How the hell did you do that with <laughs> such success? <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, how crazy is that? That was weird. Yeah, I would have peed myself in my leathers before I even got on the bike. Oh, trust <laughs> me. I was close. I was shaking before I went out. I mean, that was uh... – well, I guess I kind of have to explain what 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 happened. I, yeah. I didn't get uh, I didn't know that that was going to happen until the Monday before the race, and I had I, f I found out on Monday like, hey, this might happen, knowing that maybe in two days I had to leave to be there. So it was it was definitely a tight timeline, and uh, you know he Rossi had tested uh, positive again, so they weren't sure if he was going to have two negative tests, which is what he needed in order to to race during the weekend, and so they they brought me in as just a uh, 
a possible fill-in guy. And, and for the, from Monday until Thursday night, or really, no, from Monday until uh, Friday morning, it was back and forth. Yes, you're riding. No, you're not riding. Yes, you're riding. No, you're not riding. So it was just the most difficult thing ever mentally to, to figure out how to, how to approach everything because one minute you're going to ride and, and you need to be ready for that. And then the next minute you're, you're not riding. And then it's like, okay, well, I, you know, it's just, it uh, was definitely a difficult situation. I didn't know I was actually going to ride the bike until an hour before FP1 on Friday morning. So, you know, just imagine, I, I went there on Friday. They had told me the night before I was not going to ride. And so, like, I, I came into Friday kind of not really expecting it to be on the bike. And then at the last second, hey, you're riding, suit up, you know. And, and it was just like a scramble to, to get myself uh, mentally ready and everything. But, I mean, uh, I had never been to Valencia. I had never ridden a MotoGP bike, let alone in the rain. And and uh, no, it was it was a lot of it was a lot of stuff. And they kept telling me how expensive everything on the bike was. That was something <laughs> I remember nice pretty clearly. So uh, you know, it was definitely. And I had Valentino's crew around me, and it's Valentino's bike. And you know, maybe he's going to be ready for Saturday, so they don't want to you know destroy the bikes and stuff. And yeah, there was a lot going through my head, but you know, once the helmet goes on, you kind of just have to tune it all out. And I did the best I could to to do that. And man, it was just uh, it was just such a crazy, crazy experience. And and yeah, it's like one of those things. Like man, I can't believe I even got that opportunity. But like, I'm just so glad that I was over there and in the, in the in the the spot to be able to do that. You know, like that that's ridiculous. Like last year, Moto America, and and this year I got to ride Rossi's bike. Like, how does that happen? <laughs> crazy, <laughs> unreal. What was it easier to ride than you thought it would be? Uh, yeah, but it, I mean, it's hard to say because I never got a, a dry session. So that, that would have made things a lot more clear. But um, just riding in the, the rain wasn't too bad. The tires were so good in the rain. Um, and then the electronics were also really good. But it was just trying to get a feel for the carbon brakes in the rain that was, it was impossible because I, I just – the only way you know when you've gone too far on the front in the rain when you crash and that's not what i wanted to do so it was uh really hard to find the limit for me but but the session went okay and then in the second session uh we had dries on but half the track was wet still and so like i never got a chance to really try to push the limit in like a controlled way i guess like if it was all dry it would, it would have been a lot easier to figure out kind of what was going on with the bike but with half the track being wet you don't really know you know where the limit uh, on the track is so it was uh yeah it was a little bit a little bit challenging but it, but it was not too bad to ride the shifting was incredible the brakes were incredible in that second session um and the tires were super good and yeah it's just it's a full-on race bike and and that was uh it was really nice to get that that experience did you get to change the setup at all, Garrett? I mean, just simply the bars and the rear sets to your fit, your way it fits you, or did you just have to jump on, on what, what Valentino uses? I, I could have changed some stuff, but honestly, I sat on the bike, and it, it felt pretty good to right away. I just changed, like, the, the shifter height, but nothing else. I didn't really feel like I needed to change anything else, so it was, uh, it was easy for the crew guys and for me, and, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I just jumped on it, so – 
Yeah. Now, there's something I want to mention here, and it sounds like I'm name dropping, and I'm really not. But after this whole thing, or actually while it was going on, I was communicating a little bit with Ben Spees on this. And I know Ben had some involvement in getting you involved in it. And he said he was talking to Lynn Jarvis in the pit box, and Lynn was, Lynn was holding you back. And Ben was trying to, trying to get him to con- say, let him go out and do some laps. But did you, <laughs> did you hear about that? I mean, I'm sure Ben told you that, right? Lynn was trying to hold me back from riding the bike? Yeah, the, 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 he was trying to have you come back in after only a couple of laps, and Ben was trying to convince him to let, let you go out and ride around more, I guess, in the rain and stuff. Like, he, he, didn't, he, he didn't give you as many laps as Ben thought you should have had and maybe as you would have liked to have had is, is kind of what Ben was telling me. Do you think that's the story? I didn't hear anything about that. I felt like I did a decent amount of laps. So I think I almost ran the bike out of gas. So, oh, <laughs> but, okay. you know, I think it was, I think it was pretty, pretty fair. In, in the wet session, too, though? Because it was the wet that he was, he was wondering about, I think, from what he said. Uh, yeah, honestly, I can't really remember, but I, I okay. felt like I did a decent amount of laps, so I was happy. Even just a couple <laughs> laps would have been nice for me. All right, the other thing I want to ask you, well, two things on this. So we saw the photo of you with, with Valentino. I got two questions here. One of them, we're sitting there, and – and uh, wondering, like, what exactly is Valentino saying to you and what were you saying to him? How does that even go? What's the conversation? Can you tell us what was happening? Yeah. Everybody, everybody's been asking me about that. Uh, nothing, nothing too crazy. But when I first came in, he was like, oh, thank you for not crashing my bike. And I was like, yeah, you got it, man. <laughs> uh, but besides that, I mean, he was just saying, like, uh, you know, I, he was kind of critiquing me in a way because we were looking at the data when, we, when that picture was taken we were all around the computer looking at data and stuff looking at lines and he was saying like oh you could have done this better and I mean it was pretty cool to have that kind of instructor you know I, that's a that's one of the few guys I would like critique me so <laughs> so yeah. it was uh but that, that was about it and then uh and then after that uh you know I he got his bike back and and that was that and and I've said it I've said it before and and it's and it's and it's not anything against you, but in a way, I sort of thought it was perfect. A that you had some bad weather that got a little bit better, but not completely dry. And I was, I I think it was almost kind of better that you didn't get the chance to race it. I know you would have liked to, but it also kind of, I think they gave, I think you gave them a lot, a little bit of taste of Garrett Gerloff, and it left them wanting more. Whereas if you would have raced it, maybe you would have made a mistake or done something else that, that wouldn't have worked out as well. So I just think the whole scenario worked out perfectly for Garrett Gerloff. I, in the end, I, yeah, I think it worked out really well. I mean, you know, it, yeah, if, if the weekend would have kept going and I was able to, uh, to keep riding the bike, maybe things wouldn't have gone as well, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe things would have gone way better than expected. Also, is another possibility right. that I'll throw out there. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I, I think it worked out as good as it could have and and they all seemed pretty happy and and they gave me uh they all the whole team signed the the little pit box thing they stick on the grounds in front of the garages they all signed that and gave it to me and stuff and no it was was really cool i I don't think it could have gone any better no now uh, from from everything i read and listened to and saw after that i mean you 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 did so well in that on that day that like you will actually be considered for MotoGP ride. I mean, is that is that amazing to you that that could that that that's happened in such a short period of time? 
Yeah, I like, like I said, life's crazy. I mean, you got to live for the adventure, you know, and it might be scary in the beginning, but if you don't take the chance, you never know what, what might happen, you know? And so I, I think that was just like a, that really cemented that in my head. Like, you know, if, if you never jump, then you'll never know how high you can go kind of thing, you know? And, yeah. uh, it, and, and it is crazy in one year just to see how different things or how, how just different things were, you know? Um, because last year, riding in Moto America with Cameron and Tony and, and uh, Matthew and, and Josh and everybody, you, you know, you never know. It's like, all right, is this, is this you know, the highest that I'm going to go kind of thing. And uh, no, it, was just, it was, it's really cool just to, just to see that pay off a little bit, you know, that kind of that risk, that taking that risk, you know, and, um, and yeah. It's amazing that, you know, they say timing is everything. It's funny because I heard somebody the other day, I can't remember who it was, told me that's like, when they, when they pray, they don't pray, they don't pray for material things necessarily, but they pray for good timing. And if you think about it, that makes a lot of sense because if you were just granted, you know, if you had some three wishes and one of them was to have good timing, it would certainly help with most everything. <laughs> that, that is pretty true. Yeah, yeah. All the material stuff, it comes and goes, you know, but the experiences, you, you keep those, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's, that's where I put all, put all my, uh, put all my eggs in that basket, the experience. Hey, so I want to go back to that photo we were talking about, the one where, you, where Rossi's there, because the other thing that I was delighted about in that photo is if you look carefully and look in the back, there's Nicola Canapa behind, behind you. And we had just had him at Laguna Seca racing in place of Matthew Skoltz a couple days before that. And we, we knew he had involvement in that team and had some advising advisement that he provides but you know what what was his role did you talk to him when he was there and did he did he give you any wisdom or what was going on oh yeah no no he's been helping me a ton in uh, in the world superbike paddock and so i i called him as soon as yamaha called me and i was like hey can you get a flight to uh to oh. valencia like I, I need your help and uh and so so he came uh, for me and uh and it was awesome he, he helped a lot just because he had he knew a lot of the guys on the team you know he spoke italian and so it was really nice to uh to have somebody there to kind of bring me in uh to the to the team more so than i could have done by myself and also he he's really been helping a lot with uh filming stuff and and kind of uh just being eyes on uh whenever we're at the world superbike races and, and for me i'm like a visual guy not i can look at data and stuff but and, and, and kind of get an idea of what I need to do. But sometimes it doesn't, doesn't add up uh, without kind of seeing, seeing it. And so having some video and stuff has been really key this year. And so he did some of that for me also with the MotoGP, with the MotoGP stuff. And, and that, was, uh, that was really good. So yeah, it was, just, it was nice having kind of just a guy there to, to help me out and only me out uh, because I definitely needed it. <laughs> Well, it's surprising because, you know, we spent a lot of time, I personally talked to him a lot during the weekend at Laguna Seca, you know, having him with the Westby team and, you know, they had him in there for exactly that reason. So he could give some feedback on the bike, which he did. And he confirmed a lot of the same things that, you know, Matthew feels about the settings on the bike and everything. So that was, that was nice for Matthew, but, um, but, you know, it was, it was good to have him there. And, you know, in, in the times, I was talking to him. I mentioned to him about, you know, Cameron and about you and stuff, but he really didn't say too much other than that. But, you know, I, I suppose the language barrier is a little, little different, even though he's very fluent in, in English, but um, I didn't realize that you, he had that much involvement with you, but that's, that's really cool. Garrett. Um, did he say anything to you about what his experience at Laguna Seca? 
Yeah, he really enjoyed himself there. He he uh, he loves Laguna, so to have the opportunity to go there, he was super excited about that. And uh, he said he said everybody on the Westby team was super professional, and the bike was was really good. It took him a second to kind of get used to the the Dunlops. He told me, um, but but in general, he really had a good time there, and he loves the U.S. and and so he was uh, he had nothing but positive things to to say about it. That's cool. Okay, so Garrett, you got to be pumped that your buddy Cameron got his deal to go over there. Yeah, I am. I am super pumped. I, I had heard rumors that he was trying to get into to World Superbike, and I had my fingers crossed that maybe he could uh, he could do that. But then in the end, to, to get straight into the the GP paddock is is pretty uh, special too, you know. So no, I I, uh, I respect Cameron a ton, and and I uh, I look up to him, you know, and I think he's really talented, and I'm sure that he'll go over there and 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 you know do really well put put moto america on the map also and 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 just the testing times it seems like he was right there you know yeah so, i think he uh, did pretty well now so i'm definitely excited to see what he can do alongside joe or with joe i have this feeling that we're going to get uh one two or maybe three guys in moto gp out of this eventually i hope so i hope i'm one of those guys that would be that would be awesome i definitely want to ride the bike again so <laughs> No, I, I'll, I'll be raising my hands for any opportunity I can get. Yeah, and when you, when you get to that point, that's when I'll know if I'm still good for getting passes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, deal, deal. Well, Sean, do you got anything else for him, or are we going to let him go? No, no, I always have a couple. I've got three, actually three that I want to ask Garrett real quick because it's been a little while since I could talk to him, and you know he's, he's my guy, so – uh, so Garrett, one of the things I want to ask you is, and I mentioned, I asked Cameron about this too. I think you, with what your ride on Rossi's bike, you kind of showed something. I, I didn't know if the pathway to MotoGP is best to go through Mo Moto2 because you, you kind of see how there's not a lot of back and forth in World Superbike. I mean, Johnny Ray, you kind of wonder why he hasn't gone to MotoGP at this point. I know there are a lot of reasons for that, but I think with what you did, you, there's, there is a connection there, and, and maybe, maybe it's either way. Do you think that w with your World Superbike, uh, what you're doing, and the fact that you got this ride, that you might you have a pathway, or you, you know, as long as you keep doing well, ultimately you could get into MotoGP, and, and what do you think about Cameron's pathway through Moto2? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any direct pathway. I mean, you can you cannot end up there either way also. You know, it doesn't... Uh... I think that the best pathway is the one you make. And mm -hmm. so, you know, my, my goal is just to do the best that I can with whatever I'm doing. And, and hopefully that brings me forward in some capacity, you know? So I don't think there's a magic, there's not a magic uh, way to get there, but you just show that you're motivated. You show you're, de you're, de that you're determined and uh, you just give it all you got and just see where you can end up. I think that's the, the best thing that you can do. Um, and also I've learned, like, don't ask for opportunities unless you, you've really earned them. That's, that's something I, uh, I feel like is, is worth saying. <laughs> so, I know, and I know the pathway. Do you want me to tell you? What is it? Winning. You kick everybody's ass no matter where you are. Right. <laughs> Wait, what is it? What? You kick everybody's ass no matter what you're racing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's definitely a big key. <laughs> 
Um, hey, Garrett, two, two other things I want to So I'm going to go back to Daytona um, a few years ago. We had, we had Keith McCarty on a couple weeks ago. And as you know, he re he's retiring at the end of this year. And we talked to him a little bit about, I had taken a photo in the pit box of him sort of kneeled down in front of you and Cameron um, for the Daytona 200. That was the year that Cameron won it and you were second. And I, I asked him, what was he saying to you? Because he looked like a coach going, okay, everybody look at me because I'm, I'm the coach. Do you recall that moment? And do you remember anything that he said to you before you went out for that race? Man, that was, uh, that was so long ago. Honestly, I can't really uh, remember, but uh, I'm sure he was telling us good luck and uh, go have fun and, you know, go kick some ass, something like that. So He's always been uh, super, super encouraging, and, and that's, been, that's been awesome. Yeah, I, I know it was a while ago, but, I mean, like I say, that, that photo I really cherish because it just to see you guys and the way it ended up with you both being one and two that year was, was pretty cool, too. The other person I want to ask you about is, is another teammate of yours who was on our podcast last week, and that's, that's Scott Russell, who I know is your teammate on the Go Pivot cycling team. And when we had you had a little bit of video at the beginning of this podcast, before we set it up, we saw that you were wearing your cycling kit. Um, talk to us about the Go Pivot cycling team a little bit, um, because if I don't ask you about this, Tim, Tim Robinson, who helped to get you on this podcast, would, would be kind of upset. And I want to make sure he's happy with us. So <laughs> tell us about what you do. And you actually have been riding with, side by side with Scott Russell recently, correct? Yeah, not not recently per se, but uh, but this year and and last year and the year before that. So okay. no, it's uh, it's a, it's an awesome team. It's just a, a group of riders, you know. And uh, cycling for us is key for any type of motorcycle racing because we use our legs a ton uh, riding the bike, and so we definitely want to have uh, strong legs, like a strong core. And cycling does uh, does a really good job of of getting your legs up to up to snuff, you know. And um, and the races now for me are 40 minutes there and thereabout, and you know the heart rates through the roof, and and so it, cycling definitely has a lot of uh, benefits. And so no, it was awesome to to be picked up uh, by by Tim and the Go Pivot cycling team, and by Giant Bicycles, Giordana Kits, and and uh, and Shimano, and everybody. It's uh, it's it's a really nice program that they put together, and to have somebody like Scott Russell as one of our one of our teammates, quote unquote, is uh, is so cool. We got the chief on the, the on the sleeve, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's it's been really cool. We've done a lot of fun stuff as uh, as a team. We've gone to Park City, Utah. We've gone to uh, the North uh, Georgia Mountains and did uh, Six Gap. And we've we've done we went out to Santa Santa Barbara, I think, or Santa Clarita, or somewhere out in California, and did uh, did a big hundred mile ride that we only made you know 70 miles of <laughs> but uh but no it's been it's been really cool just uh just have a group of racers that get together and and uh go try to uh you know kick each other's asses it's uh it makes training just that much more more fun and enjoyable and then then the other question i've got is when you're in spain and you'll be heading back over there i understand maybe at the end of january you can you can confirm that and let us know what your schedule is coming up but the one thing i want to ask yeah. you 40 some riders that you've you are around over over in Andorra who do you who do you hang out with the most as far as a rider who we would know by name uh, I mean it kind of just just depends uh, I mean for the most part I'm with my trainer Aleix Santa Creo he's uh, the guy that I spend the most time with he, he you know we he kind of plans everything and we we cycle and you know mountain bike uh we, lately we've been doing like some cross-country skiing over there 
and, and whatnot. So he, he kind of tra uh, trains us and, and plans, plans my week a little bit. Um, so I spend most of my time with him, but also uh, I've gotten to be, you know, decent friends with, with John McPhee. Uh, and, and he's, he lives not too far from me in Andorra. Um, but then there's not, you know, a couple other guys that, that, uh, I've done some, some stuff with, but, uh, that's the nice thing about having so many, so many riders out there is that on any day you can, you can ring any, any of them up and, and end up doing something, uh, for training. And, and, uh, so, yeah, that's really cool. All right, Sean, let's, uh, let's Better let him get back to his bicycle and his coffee. Um, yeah, man, my legs are locking up over here. <laughs> yeah, it's not, that's going to be hard getting back on the thing. You might have to call Uber. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, you've made us all proud this year, and I, we expect big things from you, and, and we get them. So, um, again, thanks for that. Thanks for all you do for Moto America and joining us on this podcast and doing whatever else we ask you to do. So that's always <laughs> appreciated. And you know you've got a bed here in Southern California whenever you make it out. So. Man, I appreciate it. No, thanks, guys. I, I miss everybody back in Moto America, and, and uh, I wish you guys the best 2021. And, yeah, definitely I try to shout out Moto's, Moto America as much as possible because without that platform to, to show what I can do, I, I wouldn't have uh, been able to get where I am now. So Moto America has been huge. All you guys have been huge. And uh, and appreciate the, the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for being on with us, Garrett. And I just want to close out by saying, everybody, so we're just about at the end of the year 2020 here, and we've, we've recently announced our schedule for the year. We've got Brainerd on the schedule, as Paul announced and, uh, or mentioned, and we're going back to Laguna Seca. We're going we're gonna to try to go to Coda at the beginning of the year, and uh, hopefully things work out. And we've got a lot of options for you guys this year in terms of you know, tickets to the races, you can go on our website, motoamerica.com and, and click on the tickets that are available and purchase those tickets for the venues that are, are selling tickets right now. Um, also, you know, get ready to, for Live Plus, another year of our subscription streaming service, which is a great way to watch all of our classes. You get to watch uh, um, every, you know, not just Superbike and Supersport, but uh, Twins Cup, Junior Cup, Stock 1000, um, our entire series. And we're also going to have uh, King of the Baggers again, and uh, the Mini Cup um, that uh, we recently announced. So we've got all kinds of riders and racing to watch this year. So Live Plus for that, and also um, on our broadcast networks, um, the Fox Sports Channel. Uh, we're going to have a lot more programming on on uh, Fox FS1 and FS2 this year than we've had in the past. So lots of different ways to watch us and uh, to be there at our races is the best way to do it. So again, get those tickets by going on our website. And uh, thanks, everybody. All right, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Peace. <laughs> be safe.